0: Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Well, good morning. Uh, This morning I want to talk about. The future of Community Church. Dun, dun, dun. But I want to talk about the future of Community Church and and what's on the horizon next for Community and what that looks like and not so much details, but this time next week, okay, this is a sad thought a little bit, so a little bit of a damper on the party, but this time next week, we'll be saying goodbye to some pretty amazing people, some pretty amazing people that have served and, and have given themselves tirelessly for the last 12 years. It's pretty awesome, and I loved what Pastor Jay talked about last week, getting a chance to share the core values that belong, and uh, really the heartbeat of who we are, and how this has really become a home for many people, and a place to raise a family, and just, just an incredible place for people to just hang out and have coffee, and just it's just amazing. But before we get into it, uh, of course, in true community church fashion, we want to have a little bit of a quiz, and so this is called the Something's Fishy Quiz. So... Here's what I'm going to give you. I have 10 fish facts, Woo! 10 fish facts, and I need you to either put a true or a false between each of those ones with your table. So introduce yourself to the people in your row, get to know them. Uh, If you can be the professional fish fact finder, that would be awesome. This morning, I want to challenge you on the future of community church. As it was said before, just one week from now, uh, we're going to be celebrating an incredible family that is going to be greatly missed. When a senior leader leaves, especially one that is loved, you want to leave while the crowd's still clapping, if you know what I mean, but one that is loved and, and, and cared for, it brings up a whole bunch of emotions, and I'm not really one to be a crier, but I might shed a tear or two, don't look at me, it's going to be bad, but someone who's invested so deeply, it's, there's, it's going to feel like there's a void left that has to be filled, and it won't be able to be filled. But what an amazing way to live your life that when you leave, it just leaves that huge void. I think it's amazing. But this morning, I want to speak uh, encouragement over this next chapter of community church. I don't want this session to be a, dwell, a dwelling on the wah, wah, wah of, of, of what's to come, but actually looking beyond to the future and actually the, the excitement and encouragement that can be community church. This season of Community Church is of course closing, but with that also means the beginning of a new season. And that to me in a sense is very, very, very exciting. That God has us in his hands and that I actually believe that in this next few months and new years, we won't just survive, but we'll actually have a way to thrive. We'll actually have a way to thrive. I want you to look at the person beside you and I want you to say this. We have all we need. Look at the person beside you. We have all we need. Okay, now with some gusto. We have all we need like you really mean it, okay? Awesome. If you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. It's the last chapter of John. This morning, I want to talk about losing sight, losing sight of your leader, losing sight of your leader, what the disciples did and what they wanted to do and where they ended up when they lost sight of their leader and how that relates to us In the next few weeks coming ahead so to set the stage jesus is born and he grows up and at the age of 30 he comes to this place where he begins to embark on this mission of ministry and he's healing people it's awesome it's amazing and he needs his crew he needs his team and so one by one almost he recruits this team of these these young people these young leaders that he brings on board and he starts something from nothing starts something from absolutely nothing and he says man You want to come with me on this journey? It's going to be awesome. It was like an 80s montage movie where it's like high fives and people jogging. It was good. So he was recruiting this team. And it says that he loved them. He trained them. He led them. He was patient with them. He taught them to love God the Father. He he taught them to talk to God the Father. He was a friend to them. He watched them fail. He watched them succeed. And in a sense, he really did pastor his disciples. And then the unthinkable happens to the disciples. They lose their leader. They lose their leader. When all their hope and all their stock was placed in their leader, and they're like, man, this is going to be the guy that is going to usher in new change. He's going to change it all. They lose their leader. Imagine the state of the disciples walking with this person for three years, doing life with him, and and really learning to rely on them, and, and yet they lose sight of him. Does this sound a little bit familiar? I want to talk this morning a little bit about what happens when we lose sight of our leader. I was talking with Jay a little bit what I was sharing, and he was really excited about the prospect of getting to be Jesus in this story. He was like, "Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks," but he's not Jesus. I'm pretty sure Jesus bought his youth pastor a Mustang, so that's pretty sweet. But. Just saying. But tonight, I want to look at the moments after Jesus was gone and where the disciples find themselves. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 21, verse 1, it says this. Jesus appeared again, appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon, Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, uh, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Peter said, I am going fishing. And they all said, we'll come too. So they went out on the boat, and they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who it was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, then throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, okay, pause. So this is the book of John. And this is John talking about himself. This is John saying, the disciple who was Jesus' favorite. So John's kind of got an ego problem. But he says, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work. Too much information, John. (laughs) Jumped into the water and headed to the shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled in the load of the net to shore, for they were only a few hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking on a charcoal fire and some bread. Unfortunately, this is not a great story for the disciples. Unfortunately, this is not a great position for the disciples to be in. In fact, it was actually a bit of a fail moment for the disciples. It was actually kind of falling through moment for the disciples. When Jesus had found his disciples, they were fishermen. When Jesus first recruited his disciples, he found them as fishermen. And so he trained them and he brought them to this new level and he taught them all these amazing things and he gave them the sense of mission and purpose and direction. And just a few days and weeks after they leave, he finds them right back where he first found them, dwelling in their comfort zone. The disciples without their eyes on Jesus, without their eyes on the leader, had effectively become useless. They defaulted to what was the most comfortable for them. They defaulted to where they started from. And I'm sure much to the disappointment of Jesus, he finds them where he initially had found them and cultivated this new leadership in them. It was awesome. When he found them, they were fishers of fish, but he actually had called them to be fishers of men. And yet they fall back. And so Jesus, of course, does what he does best, and he speaks life, and he encourages them, and he refocuses them. But this story sends off a lot of red flags to me to what our tendency can be when we lose sight of our leader when we lose sight of the person that we lean on, when we lose sight of the person who we followed for so long. But this morning, I want to speak a little bit of encouragement about our future, that we actually have all that we need, that God himself has actually given us everything that we have and what we need to go forward. You see, Jesus demonstrated something that is essential for us to get down. And I say this with all the respect in the world for Pastor Jason, but the kingdom of God is greater than one leader. The kingdom of God is bigger than one leader, than one person. And Jesus himself demonstrates this. Pastor Jay spoke a few weeks ago, and a really simple truth that he shared, and it kind of rocked my world a little bit. It's a really simple thing that he said, and it's just stuck with me. And it's, he just said, every leader leaves. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I had never thought of that. Every leader leaves. And that sunk in for me. Pretty simple st- statement, but it has profound perspective. Even Jesus understood that one day he would no longer be with his people. And so in everything Jesus did, he pointed them back to the Father. In every victory they had, he celebrated the Father. He directed their worship, their praise, and their purpose actually back to the Father. We see even when Jesus went for direction himself, he didn't just download something mystical from God. He actually went to a quiet place and spent time with God the Father showing his people how it's done. Showing his people how to lead. When Jesus was establishing his church, he wanted his church to be bigger than whatever leader was at the helm. He positioned the church to be led and directed by the heart of God, the heart and the will of God. Jesus models leadership at his finest and he steps out of the way and he actually calls up community. So the leader does not establish the church, the heart of the church, but God does. But fortunately, we have been blessed with a leader who spends a lot of time listening to the heart of God countless times walking into Jay's office and he's on his knees or he's in his chair and he's just praying and seeking God, listening for the, what the heartbeat of God would be for this place. But the leader does not set the heartbeat, God does. And if we would listen to that, would we would listen to that. I think about Jay and Carlin, maybe the heroes in my life and I'm like, man, they're just so amazing. How can you be, how can I be a fraction of what they are? Amazing people, just a fraction of them, just be so good. And I look at their life, and we was, I would see them as a champion. I'm like, man, these are my champions. But if you were to ask them, they'd quite simply say they simply follow. They simply follow. They stop, and they listen to what God is speaking, and they simply follow and do what he's asked them to do. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6 says this, and this is Paul talking to the church in Corinthians. He says, I planted the seeds in your heart. Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It was God who made it grow. God is the one sustaining his people, and he has given us what we need. God has given us what we need. See, the disciples had all they needed, but instead they chose to settle. They had all they really needed to push forward, to continue the work that Jesus had set them on, but instead they made a decision to fall back on what was comfortable for them. He had called and prepared them to be fishers of men. And community, I want to challenge you this next season that we don't take a step backwards. We actually continue to take steps forwards. To stay focused, to continue to be fishers of men, to not just follow the path of least resistance, but actually to not just survive, but thrive the next season for us. And so this morning, I want to talk about what I call the hook, line, and sinker that I believe that God has given our church family, that has actually equipped us and he's actually given us all that we need for the future to actually move forward. A new leader will come and it's gonna be amazing. But in the meantime, God has us in his hands. And so I wanna talk about the first few things that God has given to us. If we wanna be fishers of men this morning, quite simply, we're gonna need a hook. We're gonna need a hook. The hook of community church is each other. Look at the person beside you and say, you're the hook. You're it. Well done, you discovered it, you're the hook. It's the tangible, it's the relatable, it's the community that we have. It's the way in which we express love and care to not just each other, but actually the people outside of these walls in all we do. My favorite thing about this church in particular is the culture and atmosphere of just like family. Like nowhere else I've ever been. That we make space to include everyone. That it truly is your place to belong. I truly believe that. This can be your place to belong. Our community is a thing that people actually see. It's a thing that we can actually demonstrate. And although a leader may have cultivated its beginnings, the sum of a community is its parts, that we actually can own and carry out and protect and remain the culture and the values of this group. It's awesome when we have teenagers who come up and go, man, can we join Relay for Life? Can we do something awesome? We're like, that's amazing. Or when we have men's groups going to helping hands on a regular basis, just wanting to be involved. That when we begin to own the culture and the atmosphere of the community, it becomes something bigger than just a leader. It actually becomes our own. I love hearing stories about how community church has impacted Waterdown and, and even Hamilton and Dundas and those areas. I have a student that I've been meeting with for a long time. You know, you know those long-term project people? This is one of, those, one of those guys. And so he comes to church on and off. It's all over the place. But... Uh, I, I meet with him on a regular basis, and he wouldn't necessarily like have claimed to be of faith, but he's, he's like, "Man, I'm searching. I'm searching." I'm like, "That's cool. That's sweet." And so he uh, he's a little bit unorthodox, and he got a job in town at, at Tim Hortons. And I walked in with a bunch of students one day, and he's like, "Oh man, so good to see you!" And I was like, "Hey buddy, how's it going?" And he's like, "Oh man, guys, guys." He's talking to his coworkers. He's like, "Guys, this is my pastor, and like these are a few like the guys who go to my church. Man, they're awesome. They're not like regular church people. This guy will kick your." And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, 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 Like this guy will kick. And I was like, what on earth are you talking about? He goes, they're the real deal. He goes, they're just so chill, man. He'll totally beat you up. I was like, stop telling people that I beat people up, man. I come here every single day. I don't need them thinking that I hit you or something. That's horrible. <laughs> or when, when we have the what's your path events and. And Linda Wygood is this, this leader in our community. She's pretty much the godfather of the school system. She's been the principal of probably all your kids, and she's just an amazing lady. And that she calls Jason and myself to come sit on committees and boards and stuff to help out. We are not qualified to be there, not even a little bit. And she's like, why, do you, why did you ask us? She goes, I just like you guys. And we're like, well, sweet. And she goes, we just love the people that come from your church when they come and they help. That they just walk differently. They just serve differently. They're just willing to make it happen. I love that about this place. But you need to keep the hook sharp. It has to stay sharp or else it's ineffective. You need to protect it. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. The strength of community is that we are here for each other. We're here to sharpen each other. I can't believe that the disciples didn't speak into each other's lives. The disciples were there, the community was there to keep each other on track, to keep each other focused on what was really, really, really important, to protect their calling and the future of those of those, their friends, their community. We actually begin to own the calling and the future of the person on our left and on our right. That is our responsibility and belonging to the community, that we actually fight and protect for the calling and the future of the people who are part of it. That the disciples, when Peter stepped up and was like, man, I know that we have this incredible mission and purpose and, and Jesus trained us to all this amazing stuff, but who wants to go fishing? That not one person said, yeah, well, we could do that, but what if we did what we're supposed to do? That no one spoke up and instead everybody said, yeah, sure. To ensure the future of this place, we all need to do our part. We all need to own it. We all need to walk hand in hand Protecting the vision and the passion that is this place, that it can actually go beyond a leader, and it can be something that we own together. But the hook is not enough on its own. You can't cast a hook without a line, and our line is our relationship and connection to God. It's our growth and our own development. Continue to cultivate that relationship is is so key. The disciples neglected their lines. Jesus had brought them on this incredible journey, finding them years before, nurturing them, showing them what it meant to have a relationship with God the Father. He showed them what it meant to strengthen their line and to be better equipped for the days ahead. And yet when we find them just days after losing sight of their leader, it's like they had forgotten who God had made them to be. It's like they had forgotten where God had brought them from. Man, you used to be this good-for-nothing fisherman, and now you are a leader of one of the, what is gonna be the biggest growing movement on the planet, and you are just neglecting who God has made you to be and who he had brought you from, that God had established a purpose and a future for them, but they're just defaulting to where we started. My challenge to you and to myself is that we need to protect our line, protect who you've become, protect who God has helped you become, and understand one simple thing, the leader is not your line. The leader is not your line. I loved when Jay told that story a few weeks ago about the guy, I guess it was at hockey, was like, man, like, I'm really struggling. Like, What is God saying? Like, You need to tell me. And he's like, what? how can I tell you? He's like, well, what is God speaking to you? He goes, well, you're the professional. And he's like, what? <laughs> what? But the leader is not your line. You actually have the same access the leader does. That your line and your growth is not dependent on the leader, but it's actually God who establishes the connection and growth in your life. It is God who gets all the credit. It is God who who nurtures us and strengthens us and stretches us, not the leader. The leader facilitates. The leader points us to where we need to be. I'm thankful for the leader, but the leader is not the one who gets the credit. God is. God is the one who will establish long-term, life-lasting change in our lives. God is the one who changes us. Romans 12, two says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Remember the first time I'd ever had to speak to more than like 100 people, it was terrifying. And I ran for a student council vice president at a Bible college. Like, talk about low, not big deal. And I was super, super nervous, super nervous. And so, like, the handshake, it went horrible. It went absolutely horrible. And so I remember at the end being like, I'm never going to do that again. I just can't. I'm just going to be my, I'll be a pastor for deaf people because I can't speak. I can't do it. I'll just have to do the hand thing. I can't, can't speak in public. I can't make it happen. And so fast forward a little bit, and I came to community church, and Jason's like, oh, you got to preach for your internship. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> he read the paperwork. But I remember being like, stink, that is the worst. And so Jason's like, here's the date, here's the time, it's going to be awesome, don't worry, I'm going to help you out, it's going to be amazing. And in true Jason fashion, he had double booked himself. And so he wasn't here at all. He's like, oh, you'll be fine. and I was like, I will not be fine. I, this will, it will not be Okay. And, I was, and so I was freaking out and, and looking for guidance and all, all over the place. And my dad's a pastor as well. And so the first thing I did, I was like, you need to tell me what to do and what to say. And I'll do whatever you tell me to do. All those years of just blowing you off, they mean nothing now. Just please, <laughs> please just give me anything that you can help me with. And so I spent like hours on the phone like, okay, yeah, I think I could do this. But I was still nervous. And so I came to the church, and I was like, Michelle, and she's like, yeah, you're on your own. Like, she would not give me, it was awesome. But as I began to get up and and, and preach, and if you remember, the first one was pretty bad. but, But I remember hearing the still small voice of the Father in my ear. And just listening to the words that he'd spoken over me. There's actually profound power in listening to the voice of the Father. As he guides us and he leads us that it's actually the voice of God the Father in our life that sustains us and it grows us and it challenges us and it keeps us. Your value and your purpose and, and the plans that God has for you are not because of any leader who has called it out in you, it's actually God's plan and purpose for you. We just like to point it out every once in a while. Trust the voice of the Father in your life, trust the journey he has brought you on and the strength that you walk in. That God is ready now to use his people just as you are. He's got something for you. I don't know if he's here, but do you guys know Ryan Hartwig, ginger guy who plays drums? Red-haired guy who plays drums. And uh, awesome, awesome. And I remember the first time he had preached at junior high. It was, I was pumped. I thought it was awesome. He's like, man, can I do this? And I was like, totally. And so he preached at junior high. And then like the two hours before, he just started freaking out, like absolutely losing his cool. And he's like, man, I've never, I've never done this with Brent not here. Pastor Brent, who was here before me, he's like, I've never done it with Pastor Brent not here. I can't do it, I can only do it if Brent's here. And I was like, man, that's too bad, because you're up, like, like, no compassion. But I was like, he's like, I can only do it if Pastor Brent's here. I was like, that is foolishness, man. You can totally do it. It's not Pastor Brent that makes you good at this. You've grown, you've developed yourself. He's like, no, 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 he's gotta be here. And so he gets up and he nails it. He did an awesome job, he did so good. But sometimes we have the tendency to credit our capability to the leader when it's actually our growth and our strength that we can walk in and who God's stretching us and creating us to be. And so don't for a second doubt who God has made you to be in this this past season and who he wants to actually use you to be in the next just because we lose sight of a leader. It's actually God who prepares you and God who sustains you. And so we have our hook, we have our line, but we need something to keep us in the water. Lastly, we need our sinker. As I'm sure you've noticed, I don't know a ton about fishing, but I do know the sinker keeps your line in the water. It keeps your hook where you want it to be, keeps you close to the fish. And this morning I want to talk to you about the sinker of community church, which is our mission, our mission, our sense of mission, why we do what we do. The mission from God for this church is simple. There are people in our community There are families in our community, there are single moms in our community, there are teenagers in our community who do not yet know who Jesus is. They don't know. And they may have seen him on Family Guy or stubbed their toe and said his name, but that is not the same thing as knowing who Jesus is. That is not the same thing as understanding the incredible love and compassion and grace that is actually extended towards them. That is our mission. That is our goal. The thing that has kept this place relevant and effective and welcoming and loving and warming and truly a place that is, is, is a place to belong is the understanding of our mission. Everything we do is not just about serving ourselves, but ultimately about serving other people. That in the way that we serve and the way that we love, that they would come to know Jesus. The DNA of this place is not just to keep Jesus to ourselves, but to share and express him in everything that we do, in everything that we do. Acts 1.8 8 says this, But you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Matthew 28.19-20 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nature, nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Are we willing to feel the weight of the mission ourselves? To bear the weight of the fact that there are people, our neighbors, people who live close to us that do not know who Jesus is. See, the disciples didn't. They very quickly became irrelevant. They very quickly lost focus and lost passion and lost purpose. And we find them in the middle of a lake on a boat, away from all the people that they can actually have an impact on, reclusive to themselves. They fell back three steps taking, instead of taking one forward. Forsaking mission for comfort. Mission for comfort. Feeling the weight of the task ahead is essential to moving forward. Understanding why we're here and really letting that settle in is essential for moving forward. That the purpose and the anchor of this place is that people need to know Jesus. Let this not become a place that is complacent with just staying on our own boat and our own stuff, but we'd always be a community that is focused on keeping our anchors in the water, on mission, focused on where God would have us cast. Are we ready to be willing to ask God for a burden for our community? When's the last time you asked God for a burden for the people who live on your street? Because I can tell you that Jason does. Praying, weeping sometimes, it's awkward, but weeping sometimes over the people who don't know Jesus in our community to genuinely ask for the burden and a heavy heart that they would know who he is. See, that's the kind of heart that inspires creativity. That's the kind of heart that actually will push you forward and with a creative passion for your community. The pancakes, the tables, the movies in the park, Wild on Waterdown, the dinners, the election stuff, the Winterfest that would have happened if it didn't melt on us. The Kid Box concerts, the Santa Claus Parade, the Coral Walk, the tree lighting, the Undy Sundays, or Gotchi Sundays if you're Jason and the helping hand stuff. That creativity has just come out of the back of your head. It actually comes out of a heart of understanding what our mission is. Understanding why we're here and the purpose of why we're here. The, meso- the methods will change. I promise you the methods will change. And I hope they change. But the mission will always stay the same. The mission will always be the anchor. I remember the first time I ever met Jay, it was awesome. And I was coming on my internship in January, and so I showed up in November just to check it out, get the lay of the land. And he was like, "Man, let's go out for lunch." And I was like, "Oh, awesome!" And so we're sitting at the Boston Pizza at Clopston's Corner. And Jason, if you've ever asked Jason about his passion for Waterdown, he just gets like real emotional real quick. It's awesome. And so he's just passionate. He's just, he's just pouring. And he's like, "Man, it's just like the greatest place." Da, 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 da. Like I just see. And I remember what he had for lunch that day because it was hanging off his face. He had. <laughs> pulled pork penne and so he's like man I'm just so passionate dangling off his and he has no idea like not even the and so I'm like yeah oh gosh like trying to look at his nose just so I'm just not staring at the he's like man I'm just just watered I was just ah." (laughs) and if I can sum up community church real simple it's that it's passionate love for our community and a little bit of food on our face that's just who we are. But now it's time for us to take up the mantle. Now it, it really is time for us to own it. It really is time for us to take on the mission, to bear the weight of our own relationship with God and, and, and to really nurture and, and pour into this community, to keep it what it is. We have all we need. God has given us all we need for the future. We don't know what it looks like, we don't know what it sounds like, we don't know what it tastes like, but we have all we need, we have all we need. God has established a community here that is like none other. And I say that with humility, but it truly is like none other, it's something special. God has given us a heart for people, he's given us a heart for families, a community that cares for one another. He's establishing you a relationship that is your own, a relationship that is your own a plan, a purpose, and a future for your life that will continue to grow and continue to flourish and continue to be challenged. And God has established in this church a heart to keep the main thing the main thing, always. To keep the main thing the main thing, to keep the mission our directive. That we are here to love and care for the people outside of this place. And so next week we get to celebrate, and we get to honor, and we get to be thankful for an incredible family. And we do so with joyful hearts and joyful spirits. And excitement because God has given us everything we need. Everything we need. So don't lose focus. Don't let us just settle for being fishers of fish when God's called this place to be fishers of men. And just trust in the fact that God has given us everything we need for the days ahead of us. Let's pray. God, we're we so thankful for who you are to us, God. We're thankful for what you've given this place. God, we're thankful for a couple that has just served and loved each and every one of us, God. But God, don't let us fumble it. God, you've given us an incredible gift. God, you've established something amazing. And so, God, we own it. We take it upon ourselves, God. And, God, we, we, we lean into you. We listen for your heartbeat. God, we listen for your will. That, God, whatever you would have for us, God, we're excited for that. That, God, what you've done in these first 12 years, we can't imagine what you're going to do in the next 12. And so, God, we celebrate this week and next week, God, with, with joy and excitement because, God, you have us in your hands. God, you have us in our hands. And it's you we follow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Be sure to grab your cards. Again, Jason and Carla's celebration thing is next Saturday night. Next Saturday night. The date's not on there. But make sure you're there. Starting at five. And if you could help us out with lasagna, that would be awesome. We'll see you guys next week. Water down high, 10 o'clock. That'd be awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with Everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.